You're listening to Panels of Blood, part of SplatterPictures.net. And welcome to Panels of Blood, the podcast where I read you horror comics from all eras. If you're just joining us, we are now doing part three of a reading of Mars Attacks, Attack from Space. I'd like to take an opportunity to thank everyone that's been so supportive of the show, and also to thank Rick Hunter for making our intro and outro music, and also Chris Begarin for all the art that he provides for the show. Anyways, without Further ado, I bring you Mars Attacks, Attack from Space, Words and Letters, John Lehman, Pencils and Inks, John McRae, Colors, Andrew Elder, edited by Denton J. Tipton. We now start Chapter 3, Overwhelmed by Insects. We have an establishing shot. We see a bearded professor pointing to overhead projector of an insect looks to be some kind of a wasp. He seems cheerful, and he's explaining all the benefits of insects. The caption reads, Yesterday, insects are our friends. We now have a large half-splash page of a very bored classroom listening to him teach them all about the benefits of insects. And the professor goes on to say, While it's true they are generally regarded as a nuisance, insects play a crucial role in maintaining Earth's ecosystems. They pollinate plants, promote plant growth by decomposing and recycling organic material and are a fundamental part of Earth's food chain in air, on land, and in sea. In short, while we don't always see it, the benefits of insects far outweigh the detriments. We now change to another panel that reads in captions, Today. The same professor seems to have the top of his head completely severed, with blood gushing in all directions. A female student cries out in terror as she witnesses the carnage. Behind her, two giant praying mantises rip the student bodies to pieces. One of the students is being raised into the air and bisected by their powerful claws. We have another panel, a picturesque scene of a well-to-do couple having a picnic. A gentleman, presumably a butler or servant, walks towards them with a tray with champagne on it. The caption reads, Before, and the beautiful young lady says, Oh, Denton, what a lovely picnic, the butler says. More champagne. In the next panel, the caption reads, After, the same picturesque couple is being surrounded by giant, hungry ants. It's like a scene out of them. They're cowering in absolute fear. Their picnic ruined by these giant ants. 
It seems that the butler is nothing but a pair of legs, a pile of guts, and a few minuscule portions of bone left over. And they cry out. We see a panel of a brown bear looking up towards a beehive. Was... And now this same bear, running away in terror as a giant bee chases him, is. We see another panel of a little boy burning ants in a typical suburban setting. Caption reads, calm. The next caption reads, storm. The child is being lifted up by a giant millipede-like creature. We have another panel of an exterminator spraying insects along the foundation of a house. The caption reads, peace. And the next caption reads, war. We see the same exterminator being shred to bits by a giant cockroach. A card is across the page. A little girl with a butterfly net being chased by a giant sinister looking butterfly. It reads, insect Armageddon. We have an establishing shot of a small carnival outside of a local mall. The caption reads, then... A voice we don't see says, Step right up. You won't believe your eyes. We now see it is a carnival barker. Big bow tie, bowler hat, brown suit. The bow tie has got polka dots and he is talking to uh, a trio of generic looking bullies. They kind of don't look that dissimilar to the three bullies, Jimbo, Kearney, and the other one, Doug. That's right from the Simpsons that are even kind of dressed exactly the same. This carnival barker goes on to say, See Sidney Rose's amazing, astounding, confounding, astonishing, simply spectacular, world-class flea circus. The three teenage punks look down at this tiny little flea circus. They look pretty unimpressed. The lead teen says, I was going to keep calling them bullies, but maybe it's not fair. Maybe they're... Maybe they just look like troublemakers, but they're not actually bullies. But they're modeled after the bullies from The Simpsons, so that's why I'm, I'm saying that. And I'm only assuming they're modeled after those characters, because they look like real-world human versions of those characters, not yellow-skinned, like in the cartoon. Anyway, the lead bully says, It looks fake. This carnival barker puts his hand to his chest and one hand up to the sky as if making a solemn promise. I assure you it is all real, my doubtful young friend. Fleas are much smarter than anyone gives them credit for, and with the proper training, far more obedient as well. The kid gets up into this old man's face. Your flea circus stinks, old man. You stink too. Ha <laughs> ha! And they all get away on their skateboards. This man looks down at his flea circus and sighs. We have an establishing shot of this carnival barker who has called a meeting with a bunch of his fellow fair workers. We have a strong man, a clown, a bearded lady, a woman with a large boa constrictor draped around her, a monkey, and it looks like a tattooed person who might be an acrobat of some kind. He says to the group that all looks solemn, Called you together to tell you I'm packing it in. Retiring. Times have changed. Things are different now than when I started this. Kids don't want to see a flea circus. Most of them don't even think it's real. The strong man says, Where will you go, Sydney? What will you do? I don't know, strong man. I'm just gonna take my trusty box of bugs, and then... A close-up shot of this man. He looks incredibly sad. I really don't know. But I'll find something to keep me busy. He removes his hat as he walks out the door 
waving goodbye to his friends. The clown and the strongman wave back at him. You don't have to look so glum. I'm retiring, not dying after all. As he steps out of the tent, into the streets, he is greeted by a scene of utter chaos. Giant robots blasting away. Human bodies reduced to skeletons burning on the ground. Aliens blasting laser fire. Flying saucers in the air also firing lasers. And the sky is filled with billowing smoke. It's not the end of the world. A card across the page. A woman running in horror as people behind her are being reduced to skeletons by a flying saucer. The card reads, Earth under assault. We see this carnival barker running with his suitcase, his hat gone. He's running through the streets, which are full of death and carnage. The caption reads, Now. This we see in a flashback scene, Sidney Rose, at the fairgrounds where the aliens first encountered humanity's cruelty back in the 1960s. The caption reads, This wasn't Sidney Rose's first encounter with the Martians. Half a century earlier, at a county fair in small town USA, that was the first time. We see one of the aliens dead on the ground while the other blasts away two men. We're familiar with this scene. If you guys have been following along, this was in the first issue. Sidney Rose was the young carnival barker trying to get people in on this whole flea circus racket that he's been doing for a long time. Racket, that sounds like he's making it up. He believes in the fleas. I believe in the fleas. At any rate, the captions go on to say, He survived that day, unlike so many others. So many of the people he saw slaughtered were innocents. Didn't even have a chance to put up a fight. That was the worst part. And we see in this sequence of panels, Sidney Rose cowering behind a box, or probably a wooden stage, as a child and his dog get vaporized. He then sees a mangled hand reaching towards the sky of a human being that is now completely devoid of flesh. And we see him now as an elderly gentleman running through the streets. And now he turns a corner and he sees a troop of aliens, each one of them riding on top of giant scorpions. The scorpions are using their stingers and pinchers to absolutely decimate a group of people, people getting cut in half, torn apart, thrown into the air, in the background, robots, flying saucers everywhere. The caption reads, so many of the humans didn't even have a chance to put up a fight. We see a silhouetted man getting punctured by a stinger, dripped in blood, as Sidney makes his way down an alleyway. Two Martians follow behind him. They point down the alleyway, a close-up shot of the two of them hunting for the person they saw escape down this alley. The aliens chatter to each other. We see close-up of the aliens' boots walking by Sidney, who has hidden himself away amongst the garbage in the alleyway. And he's not the only one. As the aliens pass off into the distance, more people come out of the garbage, the homeless, that probably called this alleyway their home. One of them says, Are they gone? His friend responds, For now, Come on. Shelter's only three blocks away. Underground corner of Pine and 34th. A close-up of Sidney. His face covered in sweat. He's looking scared. But he does hear the other two men. Shelter? We now see the three men heading down an old subway tunnel. The caption reads, Corner of Pine and 34th. Shelter. One of the homeless men pounds on a door. 
the door opens and we see an eye and the partial face of a person from behind it. Who? The homeless man says. We've got friends in there. Let us in. Another portly man with glasses speaks up. Yeah, I can vouch for them. Let them in. He points to Sydney. Except the old man. Him I don't know. An old, large gentleman, bald, his face covered in bandages, points an accusing finger at Sydney. Wait a minute. I recognize him. You're the bug guy. The flea circus from the carnival over by the mall. We see a bunch of people in silhouettes. They all chatter amongst themselves. What? Those aliens are using bugs to conquer the planet. Bugs? Bugs killed my family. Get them out of here. No room for bug lovers in here. <laughs> it's so funny, the idea that people would associate giant alien insects and someone who works with a flea circus as kind of being in cahoots. Like, if you work in a flea circus on Earth, <laughs> that would mean that you would also be somehow sympathetic to these giant aliens killing people everywhere. But, I mean, this is what terror does to people. Sydney, now cowering against the door, we see in the foreground a bunch of accusing hands and a clenched fist. The mob is closing in on him. Sydney says, No, you, you don't understand. My fleas are harmless and completely obedient. I've trained them since they were hatched. Wait, please, no. The door is opened, and they seem to be shoving him out of the room, out of their hiding spot. You can't send me back out there. The Martians will kill me. Not a problem. At least give me something so I can defend myself. A gun, a knife, anything. The door slams, and he is left outside by himself with nothing but his briefcase. At least give me a chance to put up a fight. When he realizes the door is closed, we have a slivered panel close up on his eyes. He looks lost and afraid. A woman from inside the shelter says, you know, we probably just sent the old man to his death. The bandaged tough guy says, good riddance, more supplies for us, as long as we're safe. That's the only thing that Matt, and he's cut off as the entire room shakes and rumbles. And then, from inside the shelter, from the floor, erupts a giant drilling machine, sending all of these survivors flying in all directions. Sydney hears from the other side of the door, cries for help, and bangs, and squishy spluts. Sydney is alone now, wandering through the vacant streets. They seem eerily quiet. There's a gentle orange glow in the sky. Long distant fires. A close-up of him peeking around a corner and then wandering through the streets silhouetted. He turns a corner and he hears a weak voice. You, you don't want to go that way. We see the panel of a soldier. The soldier has been completely cut in half. One of his arms is missing. His guts dragged out across the sidewalk. He weakly says, That way's a war zone. Sydney, not taken aback by this, given from what everything he's seen already, I suppose he's built up a bit of a tolerance. He sighs and he sits down next to the soldier. <sighs> it's all a war zone, isn't it? The whole dang planet, from what I've heard. We're gonna die here, aren't we? Most likely. Yeah. The two men sit in silence in what was probably at one time a building that has now been blown completely in half. A stray cat wanders by. We have a panel of the soldier looking at Sydney's briefcase. What's in the box? He asks. A close-up of Sydney, 
who's got his index finger up towards the soldier, a tiny little speck on his finger, is the flea. And Sidney says, This is Henry. Henry's a jumper. Star of my show. He looks down at the now open box, which shows the little flea circus inside. Down there, that's June, Claude, and Davy, and that one's Maud. Maud can be a biter once in a while. But all in all, they're the best, brightest bunch of fleas a guy could hope for. A panel of the two men sitting side by side, the dying soldier in the foreground, Sidney in the background. He looks at the man and says, Sorry, bugs are probably the last thing you want to hear about right now. The soldier with a long-distance stare says, Bugs? Let me tell you something about bugs. A flashback. The caption reads, Two hours earlier. We see a platoon of highly armed, highly trained-looking soldiers standing around. Their sergeant says to them, All right, troops. Listen up and listen good. Turns out our alien freaks have been planning this for years, right under our noses. They've got tunneling machines and have been building their crazy alien contraptions underground, getting ready for this crazy alien blitzkrieg. A close-up of Sarge as he speaks. He's got a steely-eyed gaze and a clenched jaw. Very manly-looking dude. Guess once the cat was out of the bag. Guess once the cat was out of the bag about their invasion plans. There was no point in hiding what they've been up to. The Sarge still speaking now with a cigar clenched in his teeth. So, they blew the roof off their operation and brought down half the city in the process. Sarge points out to the decimated city. At its center, a strange alien structure. It has long protruding gnarled bits of metal pointing skyward with strange glowing green orbs speckled about it. Some in small clusters low and high. Anyway, that's the target. Sarge now looking at this alien target through some high-tech binoculars. Our soldier friend that we met earlier says to us, Sarge, What the heck is it, Sarge? We now have a night vision POV shot through the eyes of these high-tech binoculars. According to our intel, this is where they've been manufacturing the stuff that grows the bugs. Changes their genetic structure is some nonsense. We now see through the night vision, one of the giant robots is helping an alien load some materials. Next to it, one of those drilling machines that has spider legs. Our science guys are itching to get a sample of the stuff. That's our secondary objective. The primary objective probably ain't hard to guess. A close-up of the Sarge's face. The binoculars are now down, but he's still chewing that cigar. We're gonna go in hard and blow the blasted place to stinking smithereens. We now see this platoon of soldiers, the Sarge leading the way, everyone else following behind, firing away at the Martians, shredding them to bits with their bullets. Company charge! We're now back to a few hours later. Sydney and the soldier speaking to each other. Sydney asks, So what happened? Oh, we took him by surprise. Took out the factory, too. Won't stop the bugs they already grew. But it might keep them from making more of them. At least for a while. The soldier weakly hands Sydney a metal cylinder. Got the sample, too. <coughs> Was gonna take it back to our lab boys when I hit a... Complication. The soldier continues to cough now spitting huge gobs of blood out of his mouth. <coughs> Sydney says, Hang in there, buddy. 
The soldier still continues to cough. <coughs> then one weak final cough. <coughs> and Sydney now hovers a hand over him. Buddy? We now have a silent panel. The soldier is now dead. The orange glow of the distant fires and the setting sun light his face gently. And then... Sydney looks down to the silver cylindrical canister that lies on the ground with strange alien writing on it. The caption reads, And it was then that Sydney Rose came up with a plan. We see Sydney unscrewing the top of the canister. The caption reads, Maybe it wasn't a smart plan. Maybe it wasn't a good plan. The canister, now laying next to Sydney's open briefcase where the flea circus was, is billowing out green smoke, but it was a plan, and maybe Sydney Rose wouldn't last long against those savage green Martian invaders. We see Sydney looking up astonished. The entire bottom of the panel is a green mist, and we see the giant, oversized leg of a flea. And now we have a gorgeous splash page of Sydney riding on one of his giant fleas with a pack of the fleas behind him the aliens completely caught flat-footed getting skewered jumped on ripped apart by his giant insects the caption reads but at least he wasn't going to go out without a fight and that's gonna do it for chapter three of mars attacks attack from space Hope you guys have been enjoying this. We got a few more issues to go before this story is concluded. And we're going to move on to the next thing. If you guys, of course, have any books that you'd like to recommend, you can hit me up on Twitter at Wes Deadairnipe, or you can go to splatterpictures.net. We also have a Facebook group called splatterpictures slash Podcast. And if you are listening and I had a chance to see you at Anime North last weekend, thanks for stopping by. Thanks for giving me a little chat. And it was great to see everybody. I had a really great time. I'm freaking exhausted right now, but it was totally worth it. Anime North is one of my favorite times of the year, and I can't wait to be there next year. Uh, I got more cons coming up, and I'll let you guys know as those become clearer to me as I get more set on dates. But until then, I'm Wes Deadairnipe, and you've been listening to Panels of Blood.